This episode is brought to you by Past Life. Serving in the military is inherently dangerous. Are your affairs in order? The grief a service member's family feels upon learning of their passing is difficult enough, but the days, weeks, and months that follow are filled with stressful decisions. Past Life is a single solution, secure cloud-based platform where funeral preparations, last wishes, will information, financial assets, business continu- continuation information, social media account information, etc., can be uploaded to recipients of the user's choosing. Past Life allows you to alleviate the stress and lift the fog for your loved ones, preeminently by giving them a vital trove of information in multiple areas. Listeners can save 10% by using the code BTU, that's Bravo Tango Uniform, at checkout. Learn more at pastlife.com. That's pass-life.com. Pass your loved ones a lifeline. And just going off script here, I'm so grateful for Past Life support. The way that this worked is they believe in what we're doing. They gave us financial support to continue what we're doing and just asked that we read this before the episode. They gave us free reign to interview anyone we want, and we always have a long queue of people that we're wanting to interview. So thank you so much, Past Life. Definitely check them out. Um, They've been incredibly supportive and grateful for enabling this conversation. Enjoy the episode. Back to Beyond the Uniform, I'm Justin Asiri, and my goal is to help members of the military community thrive in their post-service career and life. Today is episode number 385, The Strongest Person I've Interviewed, with Jessica Swanson. I remember my dad came to visit when my daughter was, I don't know, nine months old, and he's like, why every night do you clean up every toy and put it exactly where it needs to be every night? And I said, because that's the only thing I have control of right now, dad is that because I can't control her seizures. There's nothing that I can do for her for that, but this I have control over. And so I kind of used like, okay, well, you know, she has epilepsy. Okay, CBD seems to help. Okay, well, let me start to see if I can help her with that. I can control that. And then with behavior and ABA, okay, well, she's always gonna have autism. I can't control that, but I can help her with her therapy. So let me try to do that. And so that's just kind of um, how I rolled. I kind of took like someone that really was focused on living a certain life. I had everything planned out that, okay, scratch that, throw that away, new plan. Let's take what obstacles I have now and turn it into something and make it the best case scenario. In 380 episodes, my guest today, Jess Swanson, is the strongest person I've met. I say that amidst a backdrop of Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, NFL players, UFC champions, and more. At six months old, Jess's oldest daughter experienced epileptic seizures, usually eight a day, and shortly afterwards was diagnosed with autism. Rather than letting this derail her life, Jess used it to pave a new path that has helped not only her family, but countless others as well. She pursued a graduate degree to better understand how to help her daughter and others like her. She became an activist who influenced legislation in Congress that has helped others like her daughter. And she started a company to help other families in a similar situation. Jess's story of lessons versus losses her advice about finding something to appreciate, even in areas you might initially deem as a tragedy, and her perspective on controlling what you can and letting go of the rest, these are all incredible lessons born from enduring unbelievably hard situations, but choosing to press on for those she loves and to benefit the world around her. 
As always, at beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find show notes for this episode and 380 episodes just like it. So with that, let's dive in to my conversation with Jess. Well, joining me today in Monterey, California, my guest is Jess Swanson. Jess, welcome to Beyond the Uniform. Thanks for having me, Dustin. For listeners, this is a quick background on Jess. She is the executive director and owner of Summit Health Services, which is an applied behavioral analysis company serving both the Monterey Bay and San Diego areas in California. They are an uh, an in-network TRICARE West provider proudly serving active duty families. She is a military spouse, her, hu- her husband having served in the army for nearly 17 years. So Jess, anything to add to that bio? Um, I think you pretty much well summed it up. Um, also a mom and um, that's pretty much my whole credentials, I think. <laughs> how, many, how many kids and what, what are the ages there? Sure. Yeah. I have two kids, an eight-year-old daughter who has um, autism and um, a six-year-old son. Six and eight. So you, you both were, um, <laughs> I have a two-year-old and it's, we're, we're trying to muster the, the, <laughs> the energy for the, uh, the number two kid. You guys were close, close on that. Yeah. You know, I did it before I knew what was happening. Um, if I had known how hard it would be to have two kids so close in age, I might have thought twice. So, you know, before I knew it, they were, you know, four and six and I, we had made it through the, the hardest part. So, mm. but it was a fun run. <laughs> and I, I did want to bring up just, um, you know, it, it seems like your daughter suffered from epileptic seizures since she was six months old. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, curious. One, I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I it, having a two-year-old has been so challenging and, and he's relatively healthy. So I'm just curious how you and your husband navigated mm-hmm. that, but also I'm just guessing given what your company does that this, this plays a role in your own life and, and what's important to you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as you said, so, um, you know, we had, you know, quote unquote, a typically healthy, um, daughter up until, um, yeah, she was six months old and we literally woke up and our life changed. We found ourselves in the ER, um, with the daughter that was having seizures and it was terrifying. Um, you know, quickly she had this catastrophic diagnosis of infantile spasms, which is a very rare, um, but very, um, detrimental form of pediatric epilepsy. Um, the prognosis was not good. Um, and so that was just the trauma of waking up and finding out your daughter's not well, and they didn't really know exactly how to treat it. Um, it was really scary. Um, and then navigating, um, through TRICARE and trying to make sure we get her, all the therapies that she needed, all the medical interventions that she needed, the referrals, specialist, um, you know, we're managing a very acute situation, um, which later and now is a chronic condition. Luckily, um, she's well controlled with seizures, but, um, yeah, during those first couple of years dealing with the epilepsy and trying to get that under control. And at the same time, um, well, within that same time, she was diagnosed with autism. So not only do we have this huge medical diagnosis of epilepsy, then we were given this lifelong diagnosis of mm-hmm. autism. And I didn't really know what to do with that um, at that time. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really tough um, couple of years. And it's kind of brought me to where I am now. I wouldn't be where I am without her. 
So um, it's kind of um, weird how things work out and how you can make the best out of even a really horrible situation. Mm. I, I'm just, you know, I can't even imagine with my, uh, yeah, I can't imagine when you talk about it was a couple of years too. I just, the, the uncertainty and the, uh, yeah, the uncertainty and just the, the way at which that guts you when your child is not doing well, I just, Mm -hmm. um, I love your perspective on that because I can only imagine the the wisdom and tenacity and strength that came out of a very long period of of an unbelievable amount of stress. Yeah, it was it was definitely life changing, and you know you really understand when you have a child like what your love is and what you would do to for that child. But when they're given this diagnosis and, you know, their, their life is so fragile and you just don't know what's going to happen, it really pushes it to that next level. And so, yeah, stress was, um, an all time high. Um, it was just a parent's worst nightmare. It really is. And, um, you know, I work with parents now that, you know, they have these lifelong diagnosis of autism usually, but a lot of my patients, um, also have comorbid conditions. That means they have another diagnosis to go along with that. And some of them do have epilepsy. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them do have, you know, some, um, what word am I looking for? Just like some chronic conditions that have to be addressed and and considered when we're, you know, providing treatment for them. And um, I I love and I hate that I can relate to them. I can be in their shoes because I've been there. Um, but I think, um, being there helps me and it helps them and it ultimately helps our kids. So mm. one of my, uh, just coincidentally, one of my favorite books is, uh, self-compassion by Kristen Neff and the, the author, her son, I believe uh, has had, has autism as well. And, you know, one of the things I took away from that was sometimes the greatest, trials and tribulations and suffering in our life, it really builds up a tremendous amount of empathy and understanding for others. And it makes me, um, you know, comforted to know that these families that you work with, they're benefiting from the wisdom born out of just all of this hardship and that you're able to understand them more and help them more. And um, it's, it's just beautiful to see the impact of that, even though it doesn't minimize what you went through. Right. Yeah. And I feel fortunate that I can do that. And, you know, I leaned on a lot of parents at that time um, when my daughter was just being diagnosed with all these things and reaching out to other people and how much that helped me. And so I get a lot of calls from families that have just gotten, you know, the autism diagnosis and they're in shock, you know, they're dealing with grief for a life that they thought that they would have for their child. And now it's different. And what does that look like? And I'm always so thankful that I'm one of the first people I get to, that they get to talk to because I can say, listen, you know, I've been in this journey for a while now and I know it's hard. I've been there. It is, it it changes everything, but your child is still perfect and we're going to help you the best that we can so they can live the most wonderful life that you had in in mind for them. It's just going to look a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. I'm very honored and I feel privileged to do what I do. So that's great. That's great. Well, um, I'm, I'm also curious, you know, about CD, CDB. Um, it seems like that was critical to helping your daughter control her seizures and played an instrument role in helping to pass medical marijuana use in the state of Alabama in 2016. I, I meant CBD. Um, yeah. uh, but I'm just curious, any thoughts or comments on, on that endeavor? Yeah, absolutely. So 
Um, like we said, my daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy at six months old and um, it was a very difficult case. So she's, she has what's considered cryptogenic, which means they don't know why she's epilepsy. They've done every test that you can think of and they just have no idea why she has seizures. So with that makes it very difficult to treat. Um, so from the time she was six months old, six months old to three years old, we exhausted every pharmaceutical medication available at that time. Um, we had tried a special diet. Um, the ketogenic diet was actually first designed for um, to treat epilepsy. Um, we tried that and that didn't work. Um, we tried surgery um, by implanting a small device called a vagal nerve stimulator, um, which the idea is it sends a shock up to the brain to kind of dissipate seizures. Um, some people have great success with that. It didn't work for her. So we had exhausted everything except for um, brain surgery, um, which is called a corpus callosum, where they split the hemispheres of the brain in hopes that maybe that'll help um, reduce seizures. Um, so that's what we were up against. And that was really hard um, for my husband and I to say like we were out of all options except for brain surgery. But we had this very fragile, she was not even three at the time having eight grand mal seizures a day. So her life was, was just seizing. She'd have a seizure. She'd be in a recovery period called post-iclic where she's kind of coming out of the seizure and just kind of groggy. And then she'd fall asleep and then she'd wake up and it would happen again. So that was her life. And so we were really struggling. Um, do we let her have this surgery and like hopes that it might work? But again, we didn't have a diagnosis of why she's having seizures. So there was no guarantee. Um, we had just moved to Alabama and um, we had talked about, well, maybe I would take the kids and move to Colorado or California, somewhere where we could access what we had heard was CBD oil or um, something from the cannabis or marijuana extract, because we've heard a lot of anecdotal things. And, you know, when you're a parent and you're, you've exhausted everything, you, really anything is on the table. So anyway, we were under the care of our doctors in Alabama when, um, they were doing the workup for this brain surgery and we hadn't decided yet, but we're still doing the workup in case we needed to. Um, when we found out about this clinical trial that was happening at the University of Alabama, um, Birmingham. And so I got her into this trial and um, she started CBD oil um, called Epidiolex. Um, it is now FDA approved, but at the time it was not. Um, and it was just a trial for safety to see if this medicine would be safe for, for kids to take. An adult. So there was this, an adult study and a kid study, and she was in the kid study. And um, within two months of starting CBD oil, she stopped having grand mal seizures. Wow. And she has not had a grand mal seizure in five and a half years. Um, the other amazing thing is that she was on five pharmaceuticals at the time before she started the trial to try to control the seizures. And that was still with eight seizures a day. And um, she's not an any other anti-epileptic medication. It's just CBD oil that has controlled her seizures. And I will say it's not typical that people have that much success with CBD oil, but it's definitely something that we believe in because it saved her life. It literally saved her life. Um, so it, like I said, it's been FDA approved now. It was just FDA approved two years ago. So uh, in 2015, 2016, um, we had seen the long-term effects of how awesome this medicine had worked for her. Um, 
And so we were worried though, because the medicine had not been approved by the FDA. It was still in trial. And back in that time, even only five years ago, CBD oil was very hard to get. It was very much restricted. Um, now it's kind of, I just have to laugh. I see it at gas stations now, but back then, absolutely not. And in Alabama, people were going to jail for having CBD oil. So that was a really big problem. So I got involved with the campaign um, to legalize CBD oil for medical use for um, people like my daughter that needed to try something. And so we went to um, the Capitol and we walked the halls and we talked to who we needed to talk to. And um, I did interviews and worked our, our butts off trying to make sure um, that I, my daughter and her friends, as I say, could have access to this medication. And it was passed and um, that was amazing. And um, we had that as an option. We had that as an option in Alabama in case it didn't get FDA approved. Um, and it did though. So we're fortunate that um, well, we have a backup just in case. <laughs> Hmm. You know, uh, so two things stand out to me from that. First of all, for listeners, I'll put in the show notes, I did an episode a year or two ago with a company called Warfighter Hemp, and it is a veteran-owned company that produces CBD products. And um, I think that was the biggest education for me in learning from uh, a 25-year Marine vet who had seen so much substance abuse going on in the um, in the Marine community and, and in the veteran community, and then realizing, wow, here is a substance that is non-addictive. It's non-psychoactive. It's not like you're, it's affecting your judgment or your ability to mm -hmm. drive or anything like that. You don't build up an immunity toward, to it. it. It really it is as close as I've seen to like a quote unquote miracle cure. And it's, it's mm -hmm. amazing to hear that not only did that um, prevent your daughter from having to take a tremendous amount of medication, which would have been a victory, but that it actually, you know, in your case prevented her having to have that brain surgery, which would have been so, so massive to do. So I, I'll, I'll point that out for um, listeners in the show notes. If you want to look more into this um, for medical use, for your personal use, there's a lot of stress benefits, things like that. Um, but the second thing is I'm just really just appreciating your generosity, you know, given everything that you and your family have had to deal with, I wouldn't fault you if you're just saying, look, I'm focusing on my family right now and I'm taking care of them. But then to have you answering people's questions and being a resource for them and actually going to the Capitol and speaking on behalf of your daughter and her friends, I really, I don't know where you get your energy from, but I love that generosity of not settling to just take care of your family, but both in your work and your activism, really looking out for others so they hopefully have an easier time than you did navigating this on your own. Well, thanks. Yeah. You know, I always try to work um, when I do things, what would I do if I didn't have the resources or, you know, I think of the families that didn't know about the study or didn't know that they could try something. Um, and this goes with the military too. You know, we have a lot of programs that some people just don't know about like, and um, that there's like, you know, the exceptional family members program for people that have special needs and things like that. I didn't really know about any of these things. And so my, I don't want that to happen to anyone else. I want everyone to know that there are options out there. And so I just kind of go on that principle. Like I would want, if I didn't know, I would want to know. So let me tell people so they know. <laughs> well, if uh, family and activism were not enough to keep you busy, you somehow found 
the time, strength, and energy to <laughs> to start a company as well. So I'd love to to maybe start with the the genesis of Summit Health Services and uh, where that idea came from. Yeah. So during all of this medical things, you know, my daughter was diagnosed with autism at two. And what the psychologist told me was she needs to get into applied behavior analysis or ABA. And I said, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. And they said, it's the gold standard to help kids with autism. So I heard that. I said, okay, got to get her in. So I got her in um, to a program um, with ABA. And within six months, I saw such a huge difference in her life. Um, I like to say that CBD oil saved her life and ABA gave her a quality of life. Mm. Um, she just was very much in her own world and she still is, and she's very happy there. But before she wasn't happy, um, she wasn't able to communicate to us in any way. Um, her communication was just crying and screaming. And that was really, really difficult, um, of course, but ABA gave her some communication, some tools for us as the family, for her. And um, I just saw an amazing improvement in her. Now, does she have autism still? Yes, absolutely. In fact, she is um, what we would consider severely um, autistic or has severe level of autism. She doesn't talk, um, but even with that, she has a happy life. She's a very happy person. Um, and so, you know, I saw the amazing progress that she made and I thought, you know what, I want to get into this field because I want to be able to help her. I never want to be um, in a position where I can't help her. So I went back to graduate school mm -hmm. and um, got my degree in applied behavior analysis with the emphasis in autism because I wanted to know autism too. Um, and now I'm a board certified behavior analyst and um, that was great. And I graduated and I was just expecting to work for a company when we got orders to come to Monterey Naval yeah. Postgraduate School. And because um, my husband's active duty and we were so excited because if you're in the army and you get Monterey, California, that's like winning the lottery. And so we were so excited. And then we talked to the EFMP coordinator, exceptional family member program coordinator to approve us to come to Monterey. And they said, oh, you know what? We might not be able to, to let you go because um, we don't have ADA there or there's really long wait list and, or we can have you go to San Jose, which is like an hour and a half away. So I said, ah, you know what? No worries. I'm going to start a company. I'm going to start my company now. I, I thought I was going to wait till my husband retired, but I thought, you know what? If, if my daughter needs it, she's not the only one. There's other kids that need um, ABA there. So I started the process. Um, I started my business um, in North Carolina for California. I learned a lot along the way of how to start a business, um, getting all the documents and certification, everything I needed. So I did all that. So when we got to California, we hit the ground running. I had already hired um, a behavior analyst to work with my daughter. And um, from there, I, you know, let everyone know, hey, we have ABA in Monterey. Let me help you guys. And so most of our clients are military. And so we have a practice here and um, we have a great team of people. And now we have ABA um, here so we can, people can, army people can come to Monterey if their kid has autism and needs ABA. So um, that's how it started. Yeah. 
I just love your your strength in in uh, pursuing grad school to better understand your daughter and help others, and then you know that that rather than seeing that as a door closed on Monterey, you you literally found a way to just to break through the wall there and and help others, and and you know uh, my own background in entrepreneur entrepreneurship, I'm always thinking of like market size and things like that, and initially I would have thought like oh there there can't be enough of this going on in California or in Monterey specifically or San Diego that, that, that you would be able to be working doing this. But this, I, I don't think I realized yeah. how widespread this is. Could, could you maybe speak yeah. to that? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, so 2020, the rates of autism is one in 54. Um, the rates go up almost every year. And there's some debate, like, why does that number go up? Um, it was a combination of things. It's um, mostly better diagnosis um, of what um, some folks have. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I started it thinking, okay, well, maybe just I'll just help my daughter and then that'll be good. And then, you know, I started talking to people and realized, oh, they need ABA therapy too. And they're not getting it or they're on a wait list or they got a letter from their, you know, TRICARE saying, sorry, we don't have any providers. And I, I knew I knew that there were kids that needed us. So I reached out to who I needed to reach out to, you know, through the military and local community and networking groups and, and, you know, found these parents that were waiting for ABA, but they were just told, no, um, they, it wasn't available. And then, you know, what were they going to do if, you know, everyone at the top says, oh no, there's not ABA. So I came in and said, oh no, we do have it. And so we grew into a space that was really needed um, and the timing just worked out perfect. So, I mean, we get calls all the time and, you know, I hate having to put kids on wait lists because I don't have the space, but we are in that um, position right now because we have more kids than I can service. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of goes with why I expanded to San Diego. Um, so we are at the Naval Postgraduate School. So obviously we have a lot of friends in the Navy now. And San Diego is the, the biggest Navy, I'm pretty sure it's the biggest Navy station in the in the country. And again, I was hearing from parents, oh, we're moving down there, but there's no ABA or there's long wait lists. And I thought, you know what? I can get good people down there um, and start running a place down there to help those kids. My other military families that are down there. And so we did. Um, I'm very specific of who I hire. Um, the bar that I set is, would I trust this person with my nonverbal daughter? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the bar is so high and that's, that's the, that's the rule. So, um, I'm very specific of who I take and I, um, I always let parents know like this, this is a good therapist. I wouldn't hire someone. I don't just do quality over or I don't quantity over quality. I'm always going to have the best people even during this growth, because I'm a mom, I'm running the show. I hire and fire. Um, I'm having, you know, mostly just hire, but um, yeah, they, people know that it's a mom at the top that cares about these kids as if they're their own. How, how do you do it all? How do you um, maintain a family and, and maintain a high growth company? Yeah, that's um, a great question. And I'm still learning. Um, you know, what, one of my business coaches taught me, it's not a balance, like just forget that word balance because it's never going to be equal. Think of it as a blend. 
Um, you know, if your company needs a little bit more from you now, maybe that's what gets the focus. And then when your family needs you, then you pull away a little bit. It's really hard. It's, uh, I'm constantly learning um, how to balance and putting um, parameters on my time and utilizing my time the best way I can. Um, I will say I'm lucky enough that my parents um, helped me very much with my kids um, with the child care issue, which has been I couldn't do it without them because, um, especially during COVID where everything is closed, um, but they have allowed me to be able to keep working. And, you know, I have a very supportive husband. Um, so just not just one thing, it's kind of like a few things that work together to allow me to do what I do. I, I don't think I've met many people as aligned in their career as, as you are, where um, everything that you're doing professionally benefits your family and you know, which you obviously care so much about. It's 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 really remarkable to see that where everything that you invest into the business is directly helping you and your family. I, I wish that I and most people could find something like that because it's so. And I I'm just guessing that your personal connection to this makes you so much more powerful as a businesswoman. It's, it's, you know, like you said, your hiring filter is literally through the lens of would I let this person interact with my daughter and the empathy and care and understanding you bring to the space. Um, you know, just even as an entrepreneur, I'm just in awe of that. It's like, it's such a competitive advantage in the work that yeah. you're doing because it's so authentic to who you are and what's important to you. Yeah, well, thanks. I, I feel I am the luckiest person that I get to wake up every day and do what I absolutely love. I mean, there's nothing else I could possibly do. Um, I, I just, everything that I touch in the business, I love. I love working with the kids. I love working with my staff. I love working the business side, the networking side. I just love everything about it. And I feel so fortunate that I get to do it every day. And I'm just, you know, it's so an, an unusual way to get where I am. I mean, I had some, you know, some just, if I hadn't had those terrible things happen with my daughter, I would not be where I am. I know that for sure. And so it's kind of, you know, bittersweet in a way. I kind of almost wish like, man, I wish I knew nothing about this, that, you know, we were living a life without epilepsy and, you know, autism, she's a fantastic, I just know her life would be easier without autism, but she has it. And gosh, it just makes her who she is. And so um, I'm just so lucky and just just that's all I can really say is I'm just so lucky to be able to do what I do that's wonderful um what about um you have an upcoming PCS coming and I, I'm just I know you and I talked about this briefly before we started recording but how do you think about uh what happens to the business as as your husband will be stationed elsewhere and and you'll move somewhere else yeah that's a great question yeah so we're moving to the east coast um this summer and obviously in California is pretty far away. Um, so actually COVID, again, another terrible thing has been advantage, it has an advantage to me because um, I did have to do a lot of work remotely. Um, I couldn't physically be in my office all the time. And so it showed me that I can work from home and still have a very high quality um, service to my clients. And that's a testament to my staff. I have amazing staff and, you know, hiring the right people to help me run my office um, here in Monterey and then in San Diego um, has been, you know, in a trial run um, with me still being here, but pretending that I'm not here, like, okay, here's the systems that we do for this situation. 
handle it as if I wasn't here. And then going back and saying, wow, great job. You guys were doing it. It's happening. Or, Hey, we need to tweak that. So I'm trying to, because of COVID, we are in kind of made me step up a little bit sooner than I thought that I would have to kind of act as if I was running the business remotely. Um, and so I have every, every confidence that this business, this office in Monterey and San Diego will remain strong without me physically being here. Um, and then I have the opportunity to expand to the East coast to help some more families. So I'm really excited about that part. I'm, I'm so, I'm so envious of your, your mindset that keeps coming up and um, you know, like you're, you're seeing the positive impact of COVID. You're seeing how, although it's a horrible thing, it's, it's, been a gift in helping you grow your business and, and, you know, your perspective on your family and your own journey. I just think it's really incredible. I, I've been thinking a lot lately about how much myself, and I think most of us, we want to control everything. And we want, we have a picture of what everything should look like and we fight tooth and nail to get there. And I love that, um, you just have this repeated example of letting go of the way that you think things should be and just embracing the way they are and embracing the gift in that. And I think it's even more powerful because it's, I think it's easy for me to say that, but I know, I know, you know, I can only imagine the, the, the years of heartache and struggle and, um, pain that, that led to that. It's not like, it's not like a Nike slogan. Like you have earned this insight <laughs> through going through the crucible. And I just really, uh, I really respect that. Well, thanks. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it couldn't have happened to like a worse person all of this. I was a planner, you know, planned everything my entire life. Um, always like lived and died by my schedule. And, and then when I had my daughter and all these special needs that came up, I had to throw that out the window and that was very unnerving for me. And that was something I really struggled with. Um, but this I have control over. And so I kind of used like, okay, well, you know, she has epilepsy. Okay. CBD seems to help. Okay. Well, let me start to see if I can help her with that. I can control that. And then with behavior and ABA. Okay. Well, She's always going to have autism. I can't control that, but I can help her with her therapy. So let me try to do that. And so that's just kind of um, how I rolled. I kind of took like someone that really was focused on living a certain life. I had everything planned out that, okay, scratch that, throw that away, new plan. Let's take what obstacles I have now and turn it into something and make it the best case scenario. I just love that though. I think that's such a great takeaway for everyone listening is that the focus on things that you can control. And I, I realize all of the amount of energy I spend spinning around the things that are out of my control rather than just saying, okay, this is realistically what's in my sphere of influence. Let me really focus there. And I even love that as an outlet. I'm, I'm a planner and controller as well. Like I love that example with the toys where it's like, okay, let me let my control go crazy yes. in this little sandbox because that's, that's where I can operate. Um, yeah. Another thing that I appreciate about your business is not only are you doing something great in the world, you're also building your company, supporting a lot of other military spouses. And I'm, I'm curious, one, just kind of how that's played into your strategy, but two, um, for people listening who are military spouses, do they need to have a medical background to work with Summit or how, you know, mm -hmm. what that looks like? Yeah. So that was another big focus that I wanted to have with my business was to provide great 
careers for military spouses. And I use the word career um, and not job because, you know, I was a spouse for gosh, almost 17 years. And I always felt like I just had to find a job at every place that we went. And, you know, I had a bachelor's and degrees and felt like pretty qualified, but I felt like I was always starting over. And so I wanted to have um, part of the company, um, a professional development. And so um, people that want to get into ABA, I can train someone that just has a high school degree to a graduate level degree. And there's a space for you within that, within this industry. Um, so I, I train um, people to be therapists. So they work one-on-one -on -one in the field with our clients. Um, we have assistant supervisors um, and supervisors. And I have a, a bunch of military spouses that work for me now. And one of the great things is um, I couldn't help you guys help my people get credentialed so they can take that certification to any state. So it's a national certification. And actually some of them are international. So you can go all over the country and world with these certifications and get a job. Um, ABA is a field which is always hiring. Um, it is a very much needed um, work. And so I try to give you know, my staff here, the tools that if they did have to leave, luckily no one's had to leave yet. Everyone's been here. Um, but some of them are military, they're going to have to leave. They'll have a career that they can move with. They don't have to start over again. And, oh gosh, what am I going to do at this, this assignment now? Um, they can work in this field. And so um, I have those with bachelor's degrees that I've trained, those with just high school degrees. Um, I even had a doctor, um, um, woman come and uh, I trained her and now she's a, um, an assistant in the field. So um, I just want to always keep that in mind because I am a military spouse. I know what it's like to, you know, get orders when you're rocking in your career and you're like, ah, oh, great. Okay. Well, how am I going to transfer this? Or I guess I'll have to do this for now and then go back. But this is a, a career that you can, it's very portable and you can grow within that um, hopefully with Summit working with us as we continue to become a national company. But um, there's other places that they can take that with them. I, I want to ask a few other questions on entrepreneurship and, and, and other things, but I do want to just maybe use that as a segue to as, as listeners like myself are hearing all of this and, and cheering you on, how, how can we support you? Sure. So we have um, our website is a great place to kind of find all of our information and contact us button goes right to my desk. And so um, we have a training program um, to certify people. Um, we are um, credentialed to do that. Um, and so our website is summithealthservices.org just how it sounds, no spaces, no underscores, just summithealthservices.org. And that'll bring you to our website. And we have a tab on um, careers and uh, military spouse um, information there. And again, that contact us button goes right to me. So, and I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll put all that uh, information in the show notes at beyondtheuniform.org. Perfect. Um, I'm also just curious, this is a little bit selfish as a, as a fellow entrepreneur, just any um, scar tissue lessons learned along the way, or, or even things that you thought it would be one way and it was, it was very different than you expected. And I have, you know, I have in mind a good chunk of our audience that is entrepreneurs or aspire to be entrepreneurs or know an entrepreneur and just having them in mind for this. Yeah, absolutely. So tons of scars. Um, so, you know, I, I 
like I said earlier, I wanted to start this business when I thought my husband would retire, we were in one space, then that would be my time. But I was pushed into a position where I had to start it, right? Because my, my kid needed something and I had to give it to her. And so it just pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, I don't have a business background. So, um, you know, besides like babysitting, I don't know if that was a business. I had flyers, I guess, back in my teen days. But anyway, I didn't really have an experience. So I just, I just researched my tail off. I talked to who I needed to talk to. If I got into a roadblock, I figure out how to go around it. You know, I wish there was a step-by-step how to start an ABA company, but there's not. And so I thought, okay, it's going to be step one through 10, get this, get that. No, no, no. It's like step one, step one, a go over um, to the next step. Now you can go to step three, note back to two, note back to one. And so it was definitely um, just a learning curve um, for me, but it was awesome to be able um, it felt good. Like, oh man, I got the answer to that. I got that, you know, answer to that question I had two months ago. I finally got that right. And, you know, some of it, you know, was just like, I have to make it work. I've got to just do it and see if it's going to work. And if it doesn't, I'll go back and fix it. But I got to get this up and running. Um, and then the other part was just kind of faking it. Like, oh yeah, I got it all together. Everything's great. Mm-hmm, good to go. Um and then it kind of actually was okay and everything was good. And then it was real. And then once it was real, I thought, man, I did it. That's cool. Now, next step growth, right? Like I want to help more kids. I want to um, be there for the military families. I want to be there for my military spouses to provide jobs. So what do I need to do next? And so just constantly learning um, every day or at least every week, but I try to do it every day. I look at my wins, what went awesome and lessons. I don't call them losses, I call them lessons because I'm always going to learn something from it. Either. Okay. Don't do that again. That didn't work. Don't do that. Or, okay, that kind of worked, but let me do this instead next time. And so just constantly putting myself, um, like supervising myself, almost like checking and balancing, making sure that I'm holding myself to a high standard. Um, and just kind of just making it happen the best I can. I, I, um, you know, when I view your story as an outsider, I see the thread of entrepreneurship through all of that. Like you had to route, find and find a way with your daughter's epilepsy and then with her autism and then not having an ABA in, in the area you were moving to. Like, I just see that this thread of your having to, without direction, with an immense amount of ambiguity, find a way. And it's just, it's something where, you know, if I were betting on a business, I bet on, I would bet on you as a founder. It's just incredible to see the um, ability to navigate amidst so much uncertainty. And I love your point on lessons versus losses. Like, I think that's one of the the trends that I'm seeing in your your attitude. I think a lot of that quote, uh, entrepreneurship is 90% mindset and 10% skills. And I love, I think for listeners, regardless of your career path, that might be the best lesson to take away from here is Jess's example of always, you know, finding the silver lining in any challenge, always finding the lesson in, in the loss. 
demonstrated that in your personal life and in your professional life. And it's, um, it's powerful to see. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you have a choice, every decision, every life event that comes to you, you have a choice. And I have seen people take the, oh man, my daughter has this or, oh man. And you know what? Everyone's entitled to deal with however they want to, there's no right or wrong. But for me, it just felt good to focus on what I could do. And so I just kind of ran with that. So that's great. Are there, are there any resources you would recommend to listeners that could be books, podcasts, blogs, movies, um, anything that's helped you personally or professionally that we can add to our show notes for listeners? Yeah, sure. So one of the books that um, I would recommend if you want to find out more about the history of autism, where we've been and where we're going, um, is a book called Neurotribes by Steve Silberman. Um, it just goes into great depths of um where autism is now based on our history going back to like the early 20th century and where it's projected to go and it's just a great insight um of and it doesn't really focus on aba much at all but it just talks about you know the, all the all the great things about autism i just love it and then a podcast that i always listen to is how i built this with guy Raz at npr um <laughs> I learn a lot just listening to people's companies and how they started. And um, it's funny because a lot of them are like, yeah, I just kind of just started it or I had no business plan or I had, you know, or I had a business plan and that didn't work. And I did this. Um, so it's just been really great as an entrepreneur to find out um, other people's stories. I think you learn a lot from learning um, and listening to other people's um, trials. Great. And for listeners, I'll add those in the, in the show notes at beyondtheuniform.org. Well, I always like to leave the last question open-ended and um, you can take that either as, as what have we not covered that you'd like to share with listeners or just any final words of wisdom you'd like to leave with people. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I just, like I said, I'm the luckiest person. I get to do what I love. Um, it has been a lot of hard work, um, but it is so worth it, you know, when you see a family that has benefited from um, either CBD oil or ABA therapy, it just, it feels so good to see that. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, the prevalence of autism is one in 54. So chances are you've met someone with autism before. And if you haven't, you probably will. Um, you know, there's a big movement for autism, you know, first it was autism awareness. Okay. That is usually in April and then kind of focus on autism acceptance. All right. And my next thing would say autism appreciation, mm -hmm. because every kid that I have met has taught me something, whether they are, you know, quote unquote, higher functioning and, you know, talk to me on ends about space and things I never even knew about. Um, to my kiddos that has never, have never said a word. Um, there's so much you can learn from all ends of the spectrum and um, showing that appreciation for this awesome um, community is something that will change your life for the better. I guarantee it. I love it. I love it. Well, just thank you so much for your thank example. You, Justin. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Listeners can find more information at summithealthservices.org. That's summithealthservices.org. You'll find links to that in the show notes as well. It's been uh, really inspirational speaking with you, Jess. And I just um, 
yeah, I think that you've given every listener a, uh, a piece of advice that can directly impact not just their career, but their personal life. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Justin, for having me. I really appreciate it. Beyond the Uniform is written and produced by me, Justin Asiri, with the help from our Chief of Staff, Steve Bain, our Editor, Lex Brown, and our Head of Social Media, Janelle Hanf. We are an all-volunteer organization and would greatly appreciate your help in any of the following ways. First of all, spread the word. Beyond the Uniform has over 380 podcast episodes and 15 on-demand webinars, all offered for free. Help us spread the word on social media and military bases or whatever gets this resource in front of the men and women who need it. Positive reviews on iTunes go a long way towards this as well. Second of all, sponsorship. Beyond the Uniform relies on sponsorship to keep us going. There is so much more we'd like to do, but just don't have nearly the resources to do it. If you know of a company that would advertise in any way with Beyond the Uniform, please send them our way. Third of all, donations. If you're in a financial position to donate, you can find more information on the support section of our website. At our website, beyondtheuniform.org, you'll find over 380 episodes categorized by industry, functional role, and more. You'll also find both free and for-purchase resources that take a deeper dive on topics related to career growth. Thank you for your support as we aim to help members of the military and their families thrive in their post-military career in life.